we're not competing with other events. We're competing with Netflix. People are going, huh, I, I'm used to watching TV shows or movies or what have you, and I'm engaged with it. I'm leaning in. I'm so invested in what's happening on the screen. That's what we're competing with, especially in a virtual live event, is they're sitting at their desk. They're sitting and watching it from their couch like they would a movie. So how do we keep that engagement so they stay with us? Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the marvelous and brilliant Shay Wheat. Shay Wheat is a certified event producer and creator of popular programs such as the Powerful Event Process, the Ultimate Event Planner Certification Program, and the CEO of Grace and Ease Productions, Inc. Grace and Ease Productions, Inc. supports clients in creating powerful and profitable events, producing in-person and live virtual events from 200 to 4,000 plus attendees and collaborating with many well-known celebrities such as Lisa Nichols, Dr. Claire Zamet, Bill Barron, Allison J. Prince, Josh Turner, and many others. Shea assists Speak to Sell clients to be extremely profitable with their events. And just recently, one client generated over $2.1 million in one virtual live three-day event. Shay, you and I have been kind of circling each other's orbits for a while, but recently I've listened to you on like 97 different podcasts and they are all freaking brilliant and super actionable. And I just got the biggest crush on your brain and I knew I had to hunt you down and beg you, okay, just ask you to be on the show. And you said yes. And so here we are. Hooray. I get to ask you the question. What do small business owners need to focus on this week? This week, small business owners really deserve to go ahead and pull up the calendar, choose a date for their next live or virtual live event so that they can support their audience and their next best steps. Even just the word, like the term virtual live, like you're already so brilliant. It's virtual and it's live. Why not just call it virtual live? Why have I been overthinking that since the dawn of the internet? I don't know. Episode over, folks. Just call it virtual live. I want to distinguish between it being like not a pre-recorded thing. Yeah. Right? So I I personally was hosting a, a master class and people jumped on and they're like, oh my God, you're actually here. Like I was expecting it to be a webinar or a pre-recording but I can physically ask you questions. I'm like, yeah, it's a virtual yeah. live event. Like I'm here. Let's do this. So I think that's an yeah. important piece to take a look at is people really want to be with you live, whether it's virtually or it's in person, they want to be with you live. They do, which is part of the reason why in my own funnel 
Oh, y'all, we're a minute in and we're already talking about funnels. Uh, But in my own funnel, I used to do a lot of workshop-based stuff, but it was um, one of the things where I'm like, well, a handful of people will show up live and then I'll put out the recording, like I'll put out the replay and then the majority of people will put out the replay. And that proved to be what would happen is like a handful of people would come live, then a bunch of people would watch replay. And I love a good replay, but it's really not the same damn thing. At that point, it is a pre-recorded event. It's just one that they had the option to come to. So now I run open houses. And if I don't record them. If you're not there, you're not there. And I think it's for, and, and I, I was really worried about that because I was like, you're basically kneecapping your RSVPs because if people are more of a replay type, they're not going to come. And I asked myself and I thought, you know what? But if they're in more of a replay type of their buyer journey with me right now, then they don't need to come. They can go listen to any of the hundreds of podcasts I've been on. Exactly. They're not ready. They're not ready to take action. They're more probably just a looking in the window, looky-loo, maybe this is something I want to do versus having the people that are RSVPing saying I'm planning on showing up actually show up because they have some type of pain. They have something that they see you can support them with as the expert, as the host. And they're going to show up because you fill that gap uh, that they're missing right now. And so those are the people you want in the room anyway. Yes. It's so much harder to fill a gap on a recording. Right. Yeah. Well, and honestly, over the past few years, honestly, how many people are like, yes, I'm going to go to that event or I'm going to listen to that recording or I'm going to be a part of that mastermind that I missed and I'll just catch the replay. How many people have actually gone back and listened to the full recording, especially if it's a multi-day event? Yeah. Uh, it becomes self-help is really what it becomes. Self-help. <laughs> oh, my God. I, that's my favorite term I've learned since InfoCrack. Shelf-help, y'all. <laughs> oh, my God. There's an event overcoming yeah. shelf help addiction. <laughs> Shay. But no, you're totally right in that normally if I do go back and put on a replay and I'm not, listen, y'all, if you're there and your funnel is reliant on replays, we're not dogging that. We're just saying, right. consider an enhancement. Like don't panic. Mm-hmm. We're not yeah. out here to panic anybody. However, I'm just going to be totally like real right now because it's my show and that's how I keep it and say yes most of the time I do not go back and watch or listen to the replays because it's not a podcast (laughs) meanwhile put it on a podcast and I'll listen to it all day but at the same point if I do go back and listen to it it's certainly not a whole multi-day event and Mm -hmm. normally I listen to it in a way where I can do it while I'm doing dishes or in the shower. So even if I am going back and replaying, I'm not replaying with full energy. It's not getting my full attention. I'm sort of multitask listening, which is two shades removed from the live experience where it's kind of undeniable and you're present and you're participating. Plus, you're giving me all of your attention. Right. And when you're engaged, you're actually, you know, taking the notes or you're thinking through the process and working 
on your business, you know, if that's what the event is all about, right, is you're literally doing the exercises in the moment versus if you're watching the replay, what tends to happen is the multitasking and you're listening with a half an ear and then, you know, the dog has to go outside and the kids need to be fed and the, you know, so on and so forth is happening. And you're like, oh, I'll just, I'll just get back to that tomorrow. Or um, I've, I've had one on mine where, you know, I just had a tab open and I've been trying to watch this thing for a month now and it just hasn't happened. And I've even so, put time blocks on my calendar, but then something else comes up that's a little bit more right. pressing, you know? And so we have the best intentions. In my opinion, it's just better when you can actually show up live and you get more value out of it when you're live. I think I completely agree. And I'm so like re-energized and to my campaign space on this because, you know, I'm I'm a weird duck and people kind of got to experience it to get it. And I'd rather you experience it and hate it than not experience it, I guess, Mm -hmm. in a weird way. Not that I'm like, yes, please come hate me. (laughs) But at the end of the day, if you don't like my energy, then I'd rather you know that before you pay me. Damn. They resonate, right? They Mm -hmm. resonate with you. And that's what an event allows you to do. You're kind of testing each other out. It's like, do we like hanging Uh, out with each other? Are you my people? Is this my community? There's you know, a bunch of reasons why people show up to events. They're either showing up because they're coming for the networking opportunity. They're coming for the education. They're coming for the inspiration, the recognition. You know, maybe they've they've been a part of your program and they're being recognized for the accomplishments or they're coming for marketing and sponsorship opportunities, you know, to connect with their ideal audience. So why are you showing up to an event? Why are you hosting an event? What's the purpose and intention of it? Why do it in the first place? All these are questions that come into play for, you know, what's the point of an event in the first place? I love that because I was talking to my friend, Deb Eckerling, friend of the show, Allie McBeal episode. And Deb does this really amazing thing called pre-event prep and she calls them pep talks. And basically, she helps people from an attendee aspect look at exactly what you were just talking about. Why am I going to this? Who do I want to meet? What do I want to learn? What do I need to do? What are my freaking goals here? Because I know most of the time, if I get excited about an event, I buy my ticket and I rush in. You know, it's an impulse buy. Not that I don't want to go, but I'm like, oh, yeah, my friends are going. Let's do this. And definitely there have been times where I get all the way there and I'm like, what am I doing here? Why am I here? I spent all this money or I drove all the way down here. Like I went to a networking event about a month ago on the south side of Chicago, which is not that far and not at all scary. Y'all get Chicago's names out of your mouth. The south side is beautiful. But I drove all the way down there which is more of a distance bitch than anything. And I sat there and I went, I have absolutely no idea why I'm here. Mm, yep. And I resenting like being that, there. Yeah. In that I, I felt like the event itself from a management and organizational side could have done a better job of expectation management, but clearly their marketing was good. I bought a ticket and went down there and showed up. Right. But I can see from both sides, if the why is absent on both sides, it kind of ruins it, huh? Yeah. Well, what I tell all of my event hosts is you must have an event promise. 
So the event promise is what is it, whether they do business with you or not, what is the audience leaving with at the end of the event? And when I say event, there's like 17 different types of events that you can be doing in your business, right? 17! <laughs> I know, 17. You can be doing- We need like an Animaniacs song where like you sang all the state capitals. We need like an Animaniacs-esque song where you can sing the 17. 17. And I'm sure there's more, but that's just what I brainstormed like Damn. off the top of my head. Right. You've got 90 minute workshops or masterclasses. You've got summits, retreats, masterminds, a one day sales and enrollment event, three day sales and enrollment events, seminars, podcasts. Podcast is an event. Facebook lives are events. Instagram lives are events. Clubhouse rooms, conferences, challenges, hackathons, trade shows, conventions like these are all different types of events. And when you're looking to host an event, what is the purpose? What is the purpose for you hosting it? And what is the purpose of the person attending? What are they walking away with? And that leads into your marketing of it. But we always start with the end in mind. Why are they showing up? So for instance, I recently hosted my own summit. Okay, so I'm getting out from behind the scenes and I'm actually getting out there on more stages, more podcasts, that sort of thing. Cool. (laughs) I know, it's exciting. Um, my oh, team's it's also been- working because I told you I listened to like nine podcasts and you were everywhere. And I was like, <laughs> Shay, my God. So, hey, the campaign working. is working, but please continue. <laughs> so I, I decided I wanted to do a summit and the uh-huh. purpose was to grow my list. OK, that was the intention. Out of that, I wanted to grow my list by 500 people. And I wanted to talk to 15 people one-on-one, have a strategy session, have a discovery session to see how I might be able to support them with their events, okay? So 500 was the goal, registered, show up, um, actually have 15 people sign up one-on-one. I didn't totally hit my goal. I had five, or out of 500, I had 400. Okay, not too shabby. Pretty damn close. Pretty close. However, I had 17 people say yes to a strategy session, right? (laughs) So that's still a win, right? And out of the promise of the summit, they were going to be walking away with, I interviewed, um, let's see, seven of my clients on how they became a six and seven figure business owner and utilize events to grow their business. So some of them are specialists in, personal development. Some of them are specialists in sales. Some of them are in content, creating content, you know, using retreats, different types of businesses. But I wanted to interview them for 20 minutes on my summit, two speakers a day, and showcase how people could use it to grow their business, use events to grow their business. Phenomenal. Right? And so they walked away with that knowledge. Whether they do business with me or not, they walked away with a plethora of knowledge. It was insane how many diamonds my clients were dropping. I literally was taking notes (laughs) and I was learning things. Like one of my clients was telling me, you know, how she ends up essentially making an offer to, you know, join her and pick up her strategy session within probably the first 20 minutes. But in the first 20 minutes, she's given so much value that they're like, yeah, okay, great. Here, you know, I want to go ahead and sign up. I want you to look at my business. I want you to tell me what my next steps are and whether it made sense to continue working with her. Great. If not, that's 
perfect too. The intention of the strategy session was to gain value, right? So you always have the end in mind and you just backtrack from there. That goes the same thing for three-day events. It goes the same thing for leading people into your programs, leading them into your lead magnets. How are you using it? What's the purpose of the event? And then based on that- purpose, the promise and the intent, right? Like three similar words, but totally different here, right? Like the promise is all about them. Yep. The purpose could be internal and the intent is like how I am going to do this and why, right? So it's like the promise, the purpose and the intent all have to come together and you have to have a reason or an answer for all three and and one you could communicate, right? Yeah. A communicable answer because I know a lot of the time, anytime anything about why's come up, people are like, oh, I feel it in my heart. And I'm like, cool, write it in copy. Oh, right. no, it's a feeling. Well, right. We need something tangible still. Like people can't walk away with their heart. Exactly. Your gut is not going to fuel my wallet unless you tell me what's going on with you. Yeah. Yeah. And similarly, like my event is going to be fun is is not really a driver. Okay, great. How is it going to be fun? Tell me more about that. What are we doing? What are the exercises? How are we engaging not only with you as the event host, but engaging the rest of the audience with each other? Um, how are we doing the shares? How are we keeping them with us? I mean, we do three-day events with our clients and people at the end are like, fudge, how was that already three days, eight hours a day? It flew by. Well, there's reasons for it. You know, the way we set up the run a show, the way that we set up the agenda, how we engage the audience is really super important. Whether you're doing a 90-minute workshop or a masterclass or you're doing a three-day event, you have to engage the audience. Otherwise, they're just going to pop off. You know, our... We're not competing with other events. We're competing with Netflix. People are going, huh, I, I'm used to watching TV shows or movies or what have you, and I'm engaged with it. I'm leaning in. I'm so invested in what's happening on the screen. That's what we're competing with, especially in a virtual live event, is they're sitting at their desk. They're sitting and watching it from their couch like they would a movie. So how do we keep that engagement so they stay with us? And the way I like to look at it is essentially how do we have the audience be the person in the movie? Because we keep them with us the whole time and we're constantly moving it. We're changing the camera angles and we're in a studio and we're like doing all of these different things. So it feels like they're the one in the movie. Yes. 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 I mean. Not to get all super political here, but what I've heard from people all across the political spectrum in the U.S. is, damn, those Jan 6 hearings were well produced because they felt like TV. Mm -hmm. They had camera angles. They had lighting. They had soundtrack. They had everything. So whether you agreed with it or didn't agree with it, it was still riveting television that you didn't expect on C-SPAN, right? It, It kept attention because it felt engaging and and help the information land yeah. because we were engaged it was hard to multitask 
through those hearings, I would be doing dishes and I would look down and I would be like, I've been washing the same plate for five minutes. Like, (laughs) oh, I'm wasting water. Let me put this down. Like, this is hurting my liberal heart to be wasting so much water. Let me put this plate away. Right. But, but I think you're right because not only are we competing with Netflix, HBO, all of the, all of the, you know, entertainment giants, my main audience is totally maxed out over delivering solopreneurs. I'm competing with a nap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're giving me time. They could be sleeping. Right. And if I don't do my event right, they could probably sleep through it because they're tired. Right. Right. So not only am I competing with the Netflix, I'm competing with Netflix and a nap. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and knowing your audience, I feel is one of the biggest pieces that um, business owners don't look at is who is your audience? Where are they at? Where do they play? Where do they hang out? And then go to them, knowing what their pain points are, knowing what it is that if they need a nap, right? How do we support them in, you know, still having an opportunity to come in? Really, Mm -hmm. is it because they're just overwhelmed? And they're doing all of the things and they're wearing all of the multiple hats. And what we need to do is get their business to a point where they can now hire team and delegate some of these pieces. And then they can actually not show up until nine o'clock and start their day versus feeling they have to start at 7 a.m. and go until 7 p.m. every single day. (laughs) Are you relating here? (laughs) I'm relating. Oh, I'm relating. Y'all know. My listeners know when I start to make involuntary gaggy noises, it means I'm relating real hard. Oh, right. Right. But I think that's so key is that no one that listens to this show, no one that has ever hired me or would ever be my friend ever would ever do anything, anything to intentionally dishonor their audience ever. Right. However, I don't think most of us, including me, know how to flip that into the positive and actively honor our audience Mm -hmm. in our events, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Other than like, oh, I'll make sure I have a fun raffle. Like, okay, Okay. I don't know. But like, so, so how do we do that? How, what are some things that we can do, whether we're running live virtual or live events, uh, other than not pre-recording, which I think is great, But what are some things that you see that really make engagement land or really make people feel included? Because I'm always, I'm the high priestess of seen, safe, supported. I tell people all the time, they're not going to buy if they don't feel those three things, seen, safe, and supported. So what is the event equivalent of that? And are there some best practices on how we can foster those feelings? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we want to make sure, especially in a virtual live event, we want to make sure that there's, we're keeping it visually appealing, right? So that's where the multiple sets and movement and, um, different camera angles, things like that come into play. You also want to be utilizing multimedia. What is the music? What are the videos? What is the slides bringing in the visually appealing aspect of it? but it also changes people's brains when they see the movement, okay? Yeah. Then yeah. on top of that, we need to take a look at your content and how do we keep them engaged with the content? So mm-hmm. one example is one of my clients, she's got the 12 keys, okay? 
And what we ended up doing for her event this go around was taking a look at what is the state of the world? What is the state of your audience? What's going on with them? We do the same event every single year. However, we tweak and adjust it slightly based on what's happening in the world and what's happening with your audience. So she has the 12 keys. We still ended up going and giving the overview of the 12 keys, but we really focused on six of them. And it was the six that made the most sense based on the state of the world at the moment. Now, when they join the program, they're going to get all 12 keys and they're going to go deep into every single one of them. But in our event, we only wanted to super focus and go deep on six of them. And when we went deep on six of them, it wasn't us just going and teaching content the whole time. You can Google anything. But what we're missing is that engagement with one, like you were saying, the being seen, being heard and being acknowledged piece. So we're going to teach the content. We're going to have you do something experiential, whether you're doing a writing exercise or you're you know, having a prompt that you're thinking about, you're going into a breakout session room, you're going to do something as a community, you're going to come back and share what you learned with the entire big group, you're engaging people in the chat, like what are those community focused type of engagements, where they are going to be removed from just taking notes to actually implementing something right then and there and putting something into their body or putting something focused towards accomplishing whatever it is is overwhelming them in the moment. That's one of the key pieces. So not only is that going to help with our engagement, it's going to help with people being seen and heard, but it's also going to help people stick around the entire event. Well, because that the implementation is the action. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I had this fabulous talk recently on the show all about like how to get exposure or how to get discovered, basically. And we were talking about like exposure plus action equals yeah. discovery. If you can't get them moving, they're not going to do something. And so to your previous point, what separates us from the Netflix of the world is that our events are catalysts for doing. Yeah. Right? Like I'm not gonna watch and immediately yes, get the GSD, right? In that, like I would love it if I could, you know, fly to Italy the next day and eat at the restaurant that Stanley Tucci ate at the day before. That would be amazing if I could be propelled to action in that way. Uh, I am not a nine-figure business earner or whatever that would require, like, damn. But what I can do is if you're watching the Annie show, I'm gonna make sure you're doing something that's gonna make you money this week. Yes. And also yes. making sure that I'm clearly communicating that as the promise. Like, I want to make you money this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And depending on where you're at, these are the different things you need to do right now. Right? So it's like, we get yeah. a little bit being entrepreneurs, a little bit of shiny object syndrome. Okay. What? <laughs> How dare you? I never, never, ever as an entrepreneur ever went, ooh, squirrel. I've never had 19 projects have cooked at the same time. How oh, dare don't you, judge me. I only have, you know, this one um, window open that has 12 tabs in it times five other windows that have the same. <laughs> don't judge. I've, I can don't multitask. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> right? But it's, it's But that's the other thing is we don't want them to multitask during our events. We want their damn focus. Right. Right. Well, and you know, as entrepreneurs, we're like, so and so's doing this. And I was I was just on a call this morning. One of my clients, I come in and I teach um, part of her program about events. And she was talking about how <laughs> it's so funny. She was talking about how they they come in and they're like, oh, but so-and-so is doing this, that, and the other. She's like, don't be judging my fourth quarter with your first quarter, right? Mm-mm. You should not be doing what I'm doing. I'm not in the same phase of business that you're in. Right. So you need to be able to go. I'm in phase one in phase one, especially of event leverage. I'm not doing any events. My focus is to get 10 paying clients. That's it. Attend events. That's it. You know, and then once you hit that goal, you move into phase two. Right. And so then phase two, you're going and and progressing through and saying, okay, now I'm looking to get more visibility. How do I get visibility? What types of event platforms should I be using to gain more visibility? I can do Facebook Lives. I can do Clubhouse Rooms. I can do Instagram. I can be a guest on other people's stages, on other people's podcasts or summits or webinars. Things that don't cost a whole lot of money. It takes energy and time to go and find those other stages or time for you to do the Facebook Lives. But your goal is to gain visibility in your business and reach more people. And you do that because you're gaining the leads, you're booking more strategy sessions, you're having more conversations to the point where you are consistently making at least $5,000 a month consistently. Then you move to phase three, right? So there's, if we can stay in our lanes and go, I'm in phase two, rock out phase two. I do this until I hit this goal. I move to phase three. It doesn't mean I stop doing Facebook lives or clubhouse rooms. I'm still gaining visibility. You will constantly be gaining visibility in your business. That will never stop because we all require clients in our business. What? (laughs) There you go again, talking crazy. I know I'm, I'm, you know, dropping diamonds here. You know, it's, it's, it's not hard. It's not like, it's not rocket science, what we do. But it is less than intuitive than we expect, right? It's so easy because of the shining ob- shiny objects, because of all the spinning plates. Mm-hmm. Also to be like, oh shit, that's right. I'm putting on this event for the benefit of other people and myself. And this whole time I've been worried about the catering. Right? Why? Something like myself, take that off your plate. <laughs> Right, right. But like at the same point, does my event need catering to your previous point? Yeah. Maybe freaking not. Maybe I'm not on phase four yet. Maybe I'm on phase three, right? And so maybe we don't have to keep up with the Joneses when it comes to our events, as long as we're providing experiences that we can do really beautifully well. Right. And it doesn't mean you have to stay in a phase for a certain amount of time. You can progress yeah. through the phases very quickly as long as you're focused and head down. You're like, I'm not going to look at the shinies. I'm just going to rock out this phase. And then I'm going to rock out the next phase and the next phase and the next phase. And strategically, we're doing it in a way and giving you these milestones 
of, you know, I want you to be making $5,000 a month consistently before moving to phase three. Reason Mm -hmm. being is when you move into phase three, you're now in grow and you're going to be creating your own stages. You're going to be obtaining larger speaker sponsorships. You need the cash flow. And if you haven't learned it in phase one and two, you're, you're just building your house on sand versus concrete. And so I'm strategic when I'm saying this is where you're at and this is what you need to do to make it happen. It's up to you how fast you want to go. I've got clients that'll go through it really, really fast. I have other ones that are doing it as a side hustle. So it takes them a little bit longer, which is totally fine. As long as you're still providing value to your clients, that's what matters. And having an event be fun. Here are some of the drivers that people use as excuses to me to host events. Some are my clients. Sometimes they're me. Uh, normally we are, we're pretty like-minded, but some of them that I think might be kind of traps. I'd love to get your opinion on this. I'm hosting this event because it'll be fun. Okay. Uh, That doesn't give me any meat of any sort. Uh, Okay. Mm -hmm. So let me, let me preface this with every event has five fundamentals that you need to be thinking through and looking at. And does it meet one of these five fundamentals? So the first one is your audience and your ticket sales. Who are you attracting? How are you inviting them? How are they showing up? The second one is your run a show or your content, your agenda. What is the content that we're teaching them? How are we moving them through the gap that they're in? Knowing where your audience is and knowing where they want to go because you've done the market research, because you've been you know, supporting them in your own programs, you know where they're at. And if you don't, you deserve to go back and ask them questions. I am constantly doing market research with my audience. I am asking them anytime, anytime I'm doing an event or anytime I'm having a strategy session or one-on-one meeting, I'm asking questions and I'm keeping track of the threads and literally what people are saying and how is it showing up? That's why we, you know, are adjusting. Our business is ever changing and and growing with us. Um, The third thing as a fundamental is you have to have an offer strategy. Every single event you do must have some type of offer, whether it's a free offer, whether it's, you know, DM me, yes, yes, and I will send you X, Y, and Z, right? That's still an offer. And so- It's an action. It's an action. Exactly. It's an invitation and it's an action. Um, Number four is your support team. You really should not be doing events by yourself. Now, granted, you can do a Facebook Live by yourself. You're still in phase two. You're still getting your business up and running. You're still bringing in, you know, some cash flow. That you can do on your own, but it's so much better when you start moving into phase three that you have support. You have people dropping things into chat. You have people that are making sure that it's streaming into the right platform, that are handling questions that are coming in, that are prepping you for certain Taking things. attendance. Taking Nothing attendance. is no weirder. Who did it? God, it is so freaking hard to take attendance from a platform, y'all. Don't do that to yourself. Yeah. Even if you just have a buddy come and take attendance for yeah. you. Yeah. Oh. Right. Letting Save yourself in. Stress. The host, uh, like the Zoom host, right? And letting people in and checking them off and all of those details. And then number five is your budget. You want to make sure that it's actually making feasible sense to be doing this. I mean, I've had people come to me and go along the lines of, you know, I want to have a fun event. 
great. I, I want to have a thousand people in an event. Awesome. I've got a ton of questions for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, what are we offering? Yes. How are we supporting them? How are you filling the room for a thousand people? You know that not everybody shows up. So that really means we're probably selling 1500 tickets. Are they free tickets? Are they paid tickets? Like there's so many questions. that. And I where have. is the advertising budget coming from? For right. A thousand person a thousand event? You know, but that's budget, you know, yeah. like. We got to figure out where these people are going to sit and hopefully not on the crappiest chairs. Like, come on, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh boy, you're right. I mean, all of those things are so, so freaking key. And it's a lot for them. Like, I just want people to come and have a good time. And similarly, like, it'll be fun. Similarly, it's like, I'll meet people. Okay, cool. Great. I can meet people without leaving my house. Right. And save money. Mm -hmm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. sleep in my own bed and use my own toilet. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, mm-hmm. I could do that. Yeah. But I love that these five fundamentals, because they really do kind of, without raining on parades, grounds us in reality yeah. and keeps our eye on the prize. Like, okay, look, we're doing a thing. Right. For well, a reason and for, for people. Yeah, there's a reason that we've been able to help our clients generate over $25 million in revenue, support over 3,500 new clients, and reach over 16,000 attendees. There's, it's because of the fundamentals. We look at these things that is in order so for you to awesome. have a powerful and a profitable live or virtual live event. Also, side note, listeners, did y'all hear how like effortlessly Shay just dropped? those deets like that was gorgeous I got chills but uh I don't think I could quote my metrics in that way so y'all homework already that may wind up this episode's homework but if not just remember I said that bonus points let's all get some name droppable numbers because Mm -hmm. damn that was cool Mm -hmm. and earned Mm -hmm. all of that is factual people say to me all the time Annie I feel like I'm bragging what Shay just said was a fact followed by another fact followed by another fact. Yep. It just so happens that those three facts were impressive as hell. <laughs> Your facts are impressive too. Go out and calculate them. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Your, your audience wants to know that you're the expert, that you've yeah. got them, that you are the leader they are looking for. And from my perspective, how dare we not stand up and support them and show them that we're invisible and that we're here. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, and that is such a good transition to today's pop culture topic, which is all about the downstairs people being at the every women support need of the upstairs people. That's right. I'm not talking about upstairs, downstairs. I'm talking about the remake, Downton Abbey. What does any of this have to do with Downton Abbey, Shay? Oh, I love Downton Abbey. Um, one, just because it's like British and, you know, my fiance is British and we watch a lot of Brit shows, but I just love the, the interaction. Um, you know, so I'm a, I'm a downstairs person. I'm a behind the scenes. I am a running around, making sure everything is in its place when it's supposed to be so that by the time it runs upstairs, it's flawless. It's beautiful. Yep. It's pristine. And the Royals can come over and they're like, oh, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> this is such a spectrum. <laughs> 
I love it. I love that's events to me, you know, and the reason my business is Grace and Ease Productions is because we want to do events with as much grace and ease as possible. Now, granted, we plan our butts off, right? We spend probably a good hundred plus hours pre-event planning with our clients to make it smooth. So by the time it shows up for the event and we're now upstairs, it is done with grace and ease. And we're still moving things around and we're going through the back doors and opening, you know, the fake doors of the Downton Abbey type of beautiful estate that it is. But the audience doesn't even realize that things are happening because we've crafted an event that allows them to be in the movie themselves. It allows them to be in the moment, to be listening to our event host and really gaining the value that they're dropping because they're in pain. My client can help them out of that pain. What I don't want them focused on is the AV or the lighting or the music not playing right. And it pulls them out. It jars them in a way that they're now focused over here versus attaching themselves to how do I continue to move forward and, you know, get the lessons I need to get. That's how I love looking at Downton Abbey as a part of the event experience. Oh my God, I love it. (laughs) Right, when you wrote down like, uh, so Grace and Ease, and I wrote down, so Grace and Ease Productions needs blood and guts execution, right? (laughs) Because it's, flawless takes work. It does. And I think Downton is such a perfect thing of that in, in all period dramas, right? Especially with these moneyed, houses and and all these other things when mary crowley walks down the stairs and looks like a million bucks right it's because anna bates and daisy and everybody else in the house has been busting their butts to plate her hair and press her gowns and make the lighting right and make the house clean and make the room smell good like it's not just mary's natural beauty that makes that work mm-hmm. right and it, mary's got a job to do too Right. Right. He's got a role to play in whoever it is that she's hosting or if the royals are coming or whatever it is. Right. And she can't do her job unless, you know, Anna and everybody else did theirs to prep her to get to where she is. Imagine if she had to do her own hair, though. Like that goes right back to your (laughs) thing of like, do not, do not, do not make yourself take attendance on a zoom like mary crowley doesn't do her own hair chill right. mm-hmm. everybody calm down i don't even think anna bates does her own hair anymore like come on uh miss Tibbets. um but no i think that's so so totally true because there's also that you know, everyone's got their role to play in the team, but everybody knows what the function of their role is. The yeah. dinner guests know what dinner guests are supposed to do. There's manners attached. Okay, now I do this and now I do this. And and we don't, in some of these newer forms, especially like an interactive summit, anytime I've ever signed up to participate in the summit as a participant, I expect to watch those like stoned on my couch in my underpants while I eat chips. So something more like your event, mm-hmm. I I don't know that I would know how to fully engage with a live summit. All the more reason to try it. Yes. 
All the yeah. more reason to turn my camera on and have pants on and not be stoned, right? right. All the more reason to pull the chair up and, and get in there because I don't know what the decorum is. Mm -hmm. So I may as well assume that it's full involvement. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right? Like if, if you don't know how formal a wedding is, mm -hmm. you dress all the way up and then take off the tie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You, you got it spot on. And, you know, I kind of, I love it when I'm, on a, a virtual event and people have their, their cameras turned off. It's like, well, if you were physically in the live event room and we were all in a ballroom together, that's <laughs> the equivalent of you walking around with like a paper bag on your head. Like, <laughs> um, just turn your camera on. Like, let's have community. Let's get to know each other. You know? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, if you're not picking your nose, then turn your camera on. Come on. Right. Oh, my God. That's but now I just picture like looking out at a scene like, here's my TED talk. I finally got it. Got my big TEDx, y'all. <laughs> and I look out at the audience and everyone just has bags on their head. Everybody has a bag on their head. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. Did I join a cult? Is this a, <laughs> like, what is this? Like, what? Right. But you're right. Because I mean, for me, I think with my background in in theater specifically of all mm. performances, theater is an audience based art form. If I, I I'm not always going to be able to see every detail on everybody's face, but I'm also a speaker's kid. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up watching my mom read audiences. Yeah. And so my mom knew if a story needed to go faster or slower. Yep. My mom knew if something was resonating during her speech, if she should give it more weight. Or if there was a woman in the front who was totally vibing, use that lady as an example. I watched her learn how to read that. Mm -hmm. And then in theater, you got to do something similar. You can't really change the tempo of the song you're singing or the choreography to please. But at the same point, if something's not landing, work harder. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly what you as an event host get to utilize. If mm -hmm. everybody's got their cameras turned off, you don't know if one, they're even still in the room. Uh, right. Two, if they've got that question mark face or, you know, they're really engaged and they're writing notes like crazy or they're multitask. You don't know what's happening. So my suggestion is the next time you're attending an event, help the speaker out and turn your camera on. Because, you know, that's going to come back to you tenfold when it's actually your turn to be the event host. And it also helps keep you engaged. So if the camera's off, you're more likely to check out. You're more likely yep. to be checking your email. You're more likely to be looking at your phone and not paying attention. And then what's the purpose of you being there in the first place? You might as well just leave the meeting. So, yeah. yeah. Wait for the replay. If you're not going to be there, don't be there. <laughs> If you're oh, going to do a replay, my suggestion is you only give it to the VIPs. You make it an upgrade available to the VIPs because they're telling you with their money and their dollars that they're wanting to be here. They're telling you that they want the replays, that they're telling you that they are extra super engaged versus somebody that's maybe coming for free or, you know, just a, a general admission type of ticket. They're taking that extra step. And so I want to reward those people with the uh, recording because they're more likely to actually utilize it. And I, my whole purpose is people to take action. And with your face. And with Take your face. action with your dang face. You want to see face. your faces. 
Now I'm just picturing like back to Downton. Now I'm picturing that they're just having one of their lavish dinner balls and they come in and all the daughters have bags on their feet. <laughs> and what or or you know, because otherwise you'd be like, you know, season one, Downton Abbey before the great devastation. Yeah. You know, multiple daughters, big house. Yep. Uh, but and if one person had the bag on the head, we'd be like, oh, that's Edith. Like yeah. Edith yeah. doesn't want to play today, right? But now, like, okay, they come in. There are suitors coming over, of course, as there are all season one, mm-hmm. and yet the daughters all have bags. <laughs> <laughs> How are your clients and potential clients going to see you when you have a bag on your head? Right? <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. Or the downstairs people crawl in on their bellies with trays on their heads so you can't see where the food comes from. Like, it just appears. Like, no, we'd be like, do they make them do that? Like, Uh, I have crawled on the floor before during a virtual live event. I did have to crawl on the floor. And I'm I'm usually like dressed up. I'm in my dresses and in my high heels when I'm producing an event. And there was a screen that went out and my AV team couldn't get to it. And I'm, I am a, whatever I need to do, let's make it happen type of person. So <laughs> yeah. I'm literally crawling on the yeah, floor. Yeah, you're a downstairs person. We I'm, get like, I'm like making it happen. So I'm down there and I'm like crawling and my event host is teaching. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> seeing me crawl on the floor in front of her. The camera doesn't see me, right? But I'm like down but there and I'm like plugging you. it in and <laughs> oh whatever my it takes. God. Whatever it takes. That's always hysterical. Like whether the event is live or live virtual, like putting out, like problem solving, putting out a fire yeah. or the worst of it is trying to get a message to the person who's actively presenting. Oh, I've got that covered. I just remember being like, maybe I'll use some form of ESP. Like if I just like bore like holes into their brain, they'll know that I, and they'll stop. And I'll be like, you're 15 minutes over time. Stop talking. Blah. No, yeah. but you know. No, I've got a direct line of communication that I'm, I'm literally typing them notes in the moment oh, and telling go. them what's next and what's happening and, you know, how much time is left or let's pull up this person. You know, I'm leading them. Because you as the event host, you're having divine downloads. You're you're in the moment. You're in the content. You're vibing with the audience. You're not thinking about, okay, so we're coming up to a 30-minute lunch break next. Like your brain is so not there. That's my job. That's my job to keep You're dancing with the suitors. You don't know what time it is. Exactly. You're in it. Uh Uh-huh. You're dancing the night away and enjoying it. And I'm the one that's going, okay, it's now getting close to midnight and we need our beauty sleep, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And now it is time for all proper ladies to go to bed. <laughs> go to bed right now. Oh my God. I just, you know, you're right because there's a certain degree of keeping up appearances at events, and that's important. We want to make sure that we're providing a luxe experience, that people are comfortable, that they want to come back, right? But but again, a flawless event takes a whole lot of blood, sweat, and guts, and downstairs people, and labor, and knowing your audience. You know, like, 
That's the thing that always amazes me about those situations. Back then, it was like, well, the Duke of such and such can't sit next to the Marquess of Whatsy Whats because they both had the same mistress and they don't speak. <laughs> like, how would I know that? I don't yeah. know that. Which right? one like, have and- where to use with what meal at what time? Like, right. Or like what exactly what fork and what all these other things. And so it's like we can't have a flawless event until we understand what kind of event we're trying to throw and your fundamentals. What's the point? What's the budget? What's the promise? Who is attending? How much is this going to cost them? How much is this going to cost me? We can't throw a dinner party without going grocery shopping. Right. Well, and you don't also see the kids at the table at Downton Abbey, right? That's because the kids are learning how to sit at the table. They're learning to have their hair and, you know, clothes and everything and where they need to be sitting and how they have a conversation. So just like you, you don't start out having a dinner party with the royals. You start out at the kitty table, essentially, right? And so you're you're going through your phases and you're building up to the point where you do have the dinner party. I don't want you going and jumping straight into the dinner party until I have you really instilled within yourself all of the fundamentals and all of the tools and all of the, honestly, you know, the money to help back you, the team to help back you. If you don't have the team support, great. Let's go ahead and get you the team support. Let's build up to that and then get you to the point where you are like some of my clients and you're creating six or seven figures in three days. That's where we're going to be taking you, but you don't start there. And so that really comes into play with with the five phases that I was starting to talk a little bit earlier about. Mm -hmm. Let's walk you through what those phases are and how to get you to the next step. Yes, y'all. Don't start with a 12-course dinner. Yeah, start with an appetizer. Past appetizers would be just great. Exactly. Just Gosh, I can even go into appetizers. That's when you start making your free offers and such. You don't want to give them the whole shebang. Uh, And then they're super full and they don't want to move forward with dessert because they've got so much content. They're overloaded and they want to go through that content. So if you're having issues with, you know, the offers and stuff that you're making and nobody's joining you is probably because you just fed them a 40 course meal and they really just wanted an appetizer. Exactly. Which is why to your previous example, the client focused on six areas or six keys, not all 12 keys. You'll get the promise of all 12 keys. But for this one, you're getting six appetizers that are actually appetizers. Yes. If you want the dinner. That's where the money comes in. Right. And the accountability and the support. And, you know, you can't just learn it in three days. It's 12 keys. And that's just a lot. That's a lot. We want you to actually implement and take action on each of the keys. Mm -hmm. And not have a headache at the end of it. Dang it. You're already overwhelmed. How many of us leave events? We got blisters. We got sore backs. We got bruises from luggage. We got airplane horror stories, right? We got all of that. (laughs) Spare all of that. Just give me what I came for. Yeah. And then the rest of it will be worth it if you don't overload me when I'm already overloaded. Exactly. Oh. Allow for breathing room. Yes. Allow for breathing room. And that goes whether you're an upstairs person, a downstairs person, or an upstairs downstairs person, which a lot of us. We, we wear a lot of hats. 
Oh, we do. We do. All right, Shay, I got two more questions for you. The first one is, uh, you mentioned that you have an English fiance. (laughs) Very, very exciting. Um, So you are going to hire your own company to run your upcoming wedding. (laughs) You know, you're in the wedding planning business now, but with your five fundamentals. Now, here's the thing, though. In addition to this, we're going to pretend like this is current and these people are hireable. Um, It's staffing day here at Downton Abbey Grace and E's Weddings. What role are you most nervous about delegating? And to which member of the Downton Abbey staff would you delegate it? Oh, gosh. The one I would be afraid to give anything to would be Mosley. Uh, just because he's like just a little bit all over the place. But who mm-hmm. was who who was the head honcho um, for the whole downstairs crew? I can't think of his name at the moment. Mr. Bates? Are you talking no, about? No, not Bates. Mr. Bates. Bates was with what's his Mrs. Face? Hughes, Mr. Bates. Oh, no, you're talking about the head butler. Yes, him. I oh. would want him to be my project manager because he was looking at everything. He essentially is my role. So I would need to feel comfortable with that person being able to allow me to remove myself from that role so I could be in the bride role. So I could be an upstairs person and not worry that everything else would be handled. That's what I would really, really require. Mr. Carson. Yes. Yes. I would need a Mr. Carson. He's also so tall that he could carry me around like Hodor if I got stressed. Like I could just like strap myself to his chest and just have him carry me around. Yeah. Through like the production phase. So yeah, I'm all for that. But he's got your back, right? You know, whatever's going down, I wouldn't even know about it because he's already got it handled. He's already moved forward. He's four steps ahead of where I'm currently at and it's clean and it's freshly painted and, you know, beautiful and pristine before I even get there. And nobody needs to know the family business, not even most of the family, right? Like, I love that you're like that layer of protection. I won't even know what's happening. If someone can't get into my Zoom room, I won't even know because I'm too busy teaching. Yep, exactly. All right, y'all. Oh, I love that. All right. So if we want you, Shay, to either be our Mr. Carson Mm -hmm. or provide our Mr. Carson or teach us how to have a Mr. Carson or any of the Downton Abbey roles. What's the best way for our listeners to start a conversation with you? Yeah, absolutely. So if you've got an event on the books or planning to have an event on the books and you want my eyeballs on it, the best thing to do is head on over to eventsarepowerful.com. And that's how you could literally schedule time on my calendar. If you're somebody that is like, I'm thinking about events. I'm not really sure what phase of business I'm in right now and what event I should be doing based on the phase of business I'm in. What you're going to want to do is head over to fivephases.info. That's F-I-V-E phases with an S dot info forward slash legitimate. And I've got um, a downloadable for you where it literally gives you a a little flow chart where you can go, if this, then this tells you what phase you're in, what you need to do to move through the phases and what events you should be doing in those phases so that you can really put the blinders on, rock out that phase and then move on to the next one. My nerd heart just exploded about that. All right, y'all. I know where I'm heading after this episode. 
but I want to make sure we're all heading over again to five phases spelled out plural on phases dot info slash legitimate. Ah, Shay, thank you so much for coming and sharing your beautiful brain with us today and giving me an opportunity to gush about a show I love so well. It's been a treasure having you here. Absolutely. It's been so much fun. And this is how you have fun at events, everybody. (laughs) Yes. Don't just do it because it's fun, Mm -hmm. but fun helps. Okay, gang, I'll be back in a second with my final thought and your homework for the week. Get those calendars out. Well, hey there. There was so much homework strewn throughout this jam-packed episode. You may have thought you were getting off easy this week. Nope, that's all bonus homework. To remind you, for all the brownie points, make sure you set a date for your next event. Grab Shay's Five Phases of Events Guide at fivephases.info slash legitimate and compile some name-dropping metrics to insert into your pitches and interviews. But wait. There's more. This week, your actual homework homework is to publicly recognize the efforts of someone who supports you, one of your downstairs people. Mention them in your newsletter or next interview, post about them on social, or even better yet, write them a recommendation on a platform that matters like LinkedIn, Google My Business, or Yelp. Let people know the kind of magic they work on your behalf and how they've improved the quality of your days. Encourage others to support them as they have supported you. Now, I can't guarantee what concrete actionable results this will bring you, but genuine gratitude does have a way of bringing more magic into your life. Plus, who doesn't like to have their hard work acknowledged? So, as always, I'll go first. All my Mary Crowley magic wouldn't be possible without my right-hand gal, Elizabeth Hansen, and my bookkeeper, Stephanie Cleary. They fix my messes with a primetime level of mastery and keep me laughing, calm, and hopeful. Thank you both, you powerful, generous lady powerhouses. The House of Annie would be in sorry shape without each of you. Thanks for listening. If this episode kept you laughing and learning, I have two requests for you. First, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button, depending on your platform, so you never miss an episode. And also, more importantly, if you are looking for support, inspiration, networking, collaborations, or just a chance to hang out with me, Annie P. Ruggles, and our fantastic guests, make sure that you are a member of our LinkedIn community, The Legitimati. It is a weird and wonderful place. I can't even believe it's on LinkedIn, and we want you there. You'll find the link in the show notes. Big shout out, as always, to the fabulous dudes who helped me make this show. My producer and editor, Andrew Sims of Hypable Impact. My theme composer, Riley Horbasio, And my show art creator, Francois Vigno. See you next time. <laughs>